This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Man, what about that new intro, Chase? That is some sick music. Yeah, man, you uh, you spent some time on that intro and kept sending me uh, little prototype intros, and I think we finally came up with uh, something that'll be uh, will be cool for everybody uh, for our podcast. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we uh, we started by redoing our intro for YouTube, and that that you know people were talking about how we 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 dropped the old intro, which was just a little too long. It was good. It was a fun intro. It was the original intro, but. It was a touch long, and so uh, we've been playing with some stuff, and you know, 2020 is going to be a big year for us, so we thought, why not just go ahead and have a fresh new intro for the podcast, and uh, here we are. Dude, deer season is upon us. You still haven't made it into the woods. What is this, like, like post five days now from the opener of the season? <laughs> yes, it is. It's, uh, I was joking with you earlier today that it's a, I broke a record this season on the amount of days that hunting season has been open and I have yet to uh, get in the woods with a stick and string yet. But that's about to change. Uh, I didn't get out. Uh, I made the fatal flaw of opening morning. I was scheduled to work. So I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to work. I'm not going to take off. And sure enough, uh, one of the uh, bucks that I'm kind of after makes an appearance uh, on one of my cameras uh, in the morning time and hadn't done that yet. It, probably within the last month hadn't made like a, a morning time appearance uh, on that camera. It had all been kind of evening time, like either right at last light or a little bit after lo- last light. And uh, he just happened to stroll on through with a, a slew of other bucks. So I don't know if it was just that little cold snap that we had come in that had them on their feet or maybe, uh, who knows, maybe there was a hot doe in that area <laughs> or something that, <laughs> that had all those bucks uh, in that area. But uh, yeah, it's, it's upon us, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting out in uh, my first sit and uh, hopefully uh, bring some uh, content to everybody with uh, taking the uh, camera out this year. Yeah, man. Dude, i got to say, I'm really excited about that. I, 
I'm actually a little disappointed at the same time because I have taken the camera out four different times and, I, and through a variety of, of issues, largely rain, I've not been able to do any filming. But I, I think what I'm most excited for is the fact that between the two of us, there should be like hunting content being dropped on a weekly basis, which is going to be unreal considering our season starts now and runs through the end of January. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hoping we can get uh, at least half of that content uh, out there for everybody. Um, and my season starts to really get good probably in the next, I don't know, three weeks or so. And mm-hmm. that'll ride out for a month, and that'll put me straight into uh, the Iowa hunt. So hoping that uh, I can get some content, maybe uh, catch up with some deer. I'm um, hoping that you're, you're going to catch up with some deer here uh, shortly too. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we can, we can kind of push that out to everybody and they can, uh, be able to, uh, enjoy, uh, some of the stuff that uh, we get to experience down here in Florida. Cause I know quite a few of our listeners, uh, are from like Midwestern States or the Northeast and don't really have an idea of, uh, how it works down here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's going to be some good things happening. We've got some, some excellent, excellent quota hunts that we drew this year. I'm going to be hunting with a rifle this year, which is going to open up a lot of opportunities, um, I mean, it's just, it's going to be a fun year and I'm excited that it's, it's here and dude, I, for some reason, I don't know who North of us, whether it's Kentucky or Tennessee or who, any of our neighbors North, somebody left the refrigerator open and I would appreciate it if they would just leave it cracked for us. Cause we are experiencing unseasonably cool weather right now. Yeah, we are. Uh, I, I mean, I have been super, uh, surprised at the weather because generally this time of the season, like you're still in the nineties. Uh, yeah. in the evening time and it's Pure suffering staying like in the mid 70s right now uh for the evening yeah. times and uh and been pretty cool uh in the morning times too so it's been great i've had some buddies that have gotten out and they've already had success uh, i actually had a buddy that he shot a, a buck opening uh morning and evening <laughs> this year uh, and then I've also got just a slew of uh, doe pictures uh, sent to me from uh, some of my buddies. So there's already deer hitting the ground here in uh, Zone C. So it's been good to see. Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been an absolute blast. So, and it's going to just get better because you know I start chasing the rut in Southeast Georgia in October, and pretty much from early October onward, there should be some form of rutting activity occurring somewhere where we're hunting and. It's going to be a good time, man. It's 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 going to be I'm really excited. This cool weather's really got me jonesing. So, um yeah, speaking of jonesing, Adrian, this week's guest, the dude just straight up hammered a beautiful velvet buck up in an early uh Tennessee hunt or early season Tennessee hunt uh just a few weeks ago and and I, I'm kind of envious of that dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is a very unique hunt that they have there in Tennessee. It's like the last, seems like the last few days of August where it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where they get to go out and pursue velvet deer, uh, which is a bucket list thing of mine. And it was good to be able to uh, watch the video uh, from Tethered uh, because Adrian's featured in that video and kind of get an idea of what it's like to pursue a a velvet buck uh, in August. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let him get to that episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Adrian is just a great dude. He he cuts up the entire time through the episode, and uh, I, I can't wait to one day share camp with that guy. Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
call him Big A. Everybody else knows him by Big A Sports on Instagram. Adrian Wilson, dude, what is going on, man? Guys, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, glad to be back. Appreciate you guys extending the uh, hand there. Um, Always a good time talking to you boys. Yeah, man. I mean, it's there are people in this world who you talk with. There are people who you just laugh at uh, all the time and are always cutting up with and, and Adrian is one of those guys who is just constantly cutting up no matter what. Like, if you see some people tag you, everybody's got a friend like this, where you see they've tagged you on Facebook and you just know that it's a joke. Like, you just, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get there as quick as possible. And Adrian is always, <laughs> always making memes of me. Um, uh, you know, he even photoshops me like half naked in some of them. We won't go there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you're laughing at me or with me half the time. So I'm just always on guard. I mean, it's easy to laugh at me for sure. So I just, I'm, I just take the other direction. Like, yeah, it's funny. So we're all just going to laugh, hoping in the back of my mind that, I haven't done something so. <laughs> you, you, have you have you've seen um, Anchorman, right? Oh yeah, yeah. When 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 he's sitting there and he's like, "We are laughing." I, that's how I envision you, dude. It's like you're <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing, but you're not certain why. But twenty twenty has been a, a weird year, dude. And and you're here to share what has to be one of the best opening weekend stories. But before we do that, man, kind of outline what does your twenty twenty fall schedule look like. So, uh, yeah, I started off here in Tennessee. We have uh, the, the Velvet Hunt in August, which is a three-day hunt. And then regular regular deer season doesn't start. Actually starts uh, this weekend here in Tennessee. Um, I went to Atlanta for their uh, Georgia opening weekend. You and I talked a little bit yeah. during that. Um, so went down there. Um, obviously, he's try and tag out here in Tennessee. I will Kentucky so close. I'm going to mix in a couple of Kentucky hunts. Um, in about two weeks, I'm meeting up with Mr. Timber Ninja, Jason red, and we're going to do a black bear hunt, which will be a new experience for me. Uh, pretty stoked about that with the option of white towels, uh, white towels, white towels as well. And then, um, looking at maybe going back to Atlanta and uh, I, I host a Tennessee hunt here at the end of October, which you guys are always invited to, but just can't seem to make it for time <laughs> scheduling. But anyway, um, uh, going to Missouri uh, with a bunch of the tethered boys and that'll be my first time there, which I'm, I'm stoked about. And then I'm going to wrap up the season with Mr. Ernie Power, we're going to go to Mississippi where I shot that uh, swamp donkey last year and meet up uh, with a guy that uh, knows the area real well. And kind of uh, that's going to be in January. Anything in between is always as possible to open up, but it's pretty busy, you know, anyway. So, uh, but nothing's off the table. Yeah. I mean, now people don't think about Mississippi as a as a, a big buck state, but yours it was like 130 inches, right? Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how big he was. Gotcha. I, I've uh, 
you know, somebody not to be negative, uh, uh, people that look at that. I just, I see a deer and if I like it and it looks good and I'm happy with it and I want to <laughs> shoot it, I'm, I'm serious. I, I know, mean, I know you're I serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I've only had, I've, I've only had one deer scored ever. Mm. And it was, uh, my biggest, uh, and that was in Oh nine or 2010. And, uh, it was like, I don't even remember. It was like 144 and change or 145 and change. Um, and so I've tried to stick with, you know, just deer I'm happy with. And so, uh, but uh, the Mississippi deer had a lot of mass on him. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would say now just, I would say mid, uh, mid 130s would be my guess. But yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. He, he's a stud dude. You, you, you hammered a a monstrous deer and you know i'd never hunted the swamps it's not like i you know a lot of people are like what's it like or you know what experience i'm going in blind you know there's a lot of luck involved in hunting especially when you're going into a new area Mm -hmm. um the the it had rained down there like crazy and a lot of the uh the, the the high ground that they called high ground was underwater. So you had to find higher high ground. And, uh, <laughs> we, we actually had to get, we were way back there. I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how far, but we had to take two different boats. We had to take a P row to get across one portion of, of water. Then we found some high ground, walked about 250 yards. Then there's another boat he had tied up hidden in the woods on this on this property is public land and then uh we went to another location and he's like look dude these deer could be anywhere in here um because uh we we hunted together and uh or went together and they could be anywhere in here um good luck type of thing (laughs) i was like all right he goes i'm gonna go about 300 yards this way i was like all right so i just walked walked around looking for the freshest sign I could find. And, and literally, you know, everybody talks about the fresh sign and specifically buck sign. Half this place was underwater. Like, like you'd walk a little bit and then you'd be in, in water. And so I just found the freshest prints that I could find. And, uh, they were, uh, they were does and, uh, in Mississippi in that time of year, the rut's going on. So I'm thinking, okay, if those are using this and they were, it was more than like one or two tracks. So there's like a few tracks. So I'm thinking, okay, this might be a good spot. And it just worked out. So, so let's talk about the hunting that, that it's like there in Tennessee, because Parker came on this podcast a couple weeks ago and much to the, to the disdain of several people, uh, he outlined Tennessee as the preeminent out of state place for people in the Southeast to travel to, to hunt. And uh, you, you kind of made a case for that opening weekend. Well, first of all, Parker shouldn't be telling everybody that because I live here. <laughs> so that just makes it harder for me. And I have a hard enough time as it is. Um, <laughs> no, you know, t- Tennessee, uh, now with their, their, their velvet season. Uh, and you know, it's, it's a three day hunt there in August. And, uh, with West Tennessee having the CW. So let me just outline it. Tennessee started three years ago with a velvet hunt in August. Our regular deer season does not open up till usually 
the last weekend of September-ish, right? right? So uh, three years ago, they opened up a velvet hunt that the guidelines were it's a bow-only hunt, and it's got to be on private land. Well, when CWD hit the west part of uh, Tennessee, um, they went in and made some adjustments to say, okay, we want to try and take some of these deer out. Um, so they opened up certain counties that were CWD hotbeds to be public land also, and you could use a rifle. So that has prompted a lot of out-of-state hunters, a la Parker McDonald, uh, to go um, to those places because now you can hunt public land. Because, you know, it's, it's hard for a lot of out-of-staters to get access to some private land. I mean, not that it's not impossible, um, but, but it's just easier to go hunt public land and take a rifle. Um, and I don't blame out-of-state hunters for doing it. I'd do it, too, if I, if, if I give an opportunity, I guess. But uh, um, having an opportunity at a velvet deer, um, most, I, I would guess, most hunters, I have no percentages. I'm just talking out of my mouth here, but don't have that opportunity, uh, especially here in the South. So uh, when you get that opportunity, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, man. I, I, I would die to have that kind of opportunity here in the state chase. I, as many deer as we, as you get on camera in that August timeline, I think you could do some absolute damage yourself. <laughs> yeah. I've been uh, hoping that Florida would uh, have some type of velvet hunt. Uh, even if uh, I've even discussed it, like even if they opened up the season a couple of weeks early and just made it like, if they wanted to even make it harder, make it like traditional archery or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd go out, I'd buy a, a trad bow, get everything dialed in just to be able to uh, do that hunt. And it seems like um, most of the deer here are dropping uh, their velvet probably around that uh, almost mid to late August here. So it, it, it'd actually be about a month too, like a month before um, our season got kicked off to be able to take a, a velvet deer. And last year it was surprising. I did have a deer that was like right on the border that held on to his velvet, like a day before the season started. Like he just started, uh, losing his velvet. It was, but everything else had been out of velvet for almost a month. And, uh, he started losing his late for, for some reason, but yeah, they're definitely on a, uh, more predictable pattern, uh, early season and or before the season when they're in velvet and they're more bunched up. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's, that's why I was able to, uh, kill one during the velvet hunt. You know, I, I had cameras and, uh, this year's the first year I had cell cameras and, uh, if you don't have them and you can afford them, get them cause they're nice. But, uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying any certain brand or anything. I, I'm, I'm cheapo. So, uh, I went with cheap stuff, but it, 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 it paid off for me. Um, I'd ran them for about a month and a half at that point in time. Uh, may, well, maybe even two months. And I was getting regular buck footage on these cameras within a day to two days of each other. And, uh, um, I knew with this three day velvet hunt that, so based on where I was at, there was not going to be any morning hunting for me. I just, I was not going to, uh, all the sign and all the, the cameras uh, told me it was all afternoon stuff anyway. And so I was not even going to risk boogering it up and going to, in the morning time. So my plan was, okay, I get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to hunt. 
and if I'm seeing these deer, um, you know, every other day to every two days, there's a good chance one of these days is going to work out for me if I don't, you know, book it up with uh, uh, a scent uh, or just, you know, just human sign or whatever. And uh, it just so happens that first that first afternoon, actually about an hour earlier than I'd been seeing them, um, uh, Buck came out by himself. And, and typically he'd been with a running buddy. And then there was another couple that had been with them at times too, but he was by himself. And, uh, um, you know, I couldn't have scripted it any better. It just, uh, again, obviously some homework went into it and some scouting and camera and, and, and I had certain cameras placed strategically on where I'd seen some sign and in my scouting, it told me, but, uh, you know, you never, the deer, as we know, Deer have a mind of their own, and sometimes it Boy, seems like there's yeah. no rhyme or reason for what they do, or it's like they got a sixth sense, but this one didn't, and uh, I was able to stick them, and now I've got my first velvet buck. So, nice. I, I'm, I'm curious, you're, you're, you're a lot like me in that I don't really get caught up in what is a buck score. Like I, I also recognize that it's like a terminology of like, it's a means of communicating with people, right? Like it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a trophy standard, but I'm curious going into this, knowing there was going to be a camera over your shoulder. What were you, what were you hoping to, to, to shoot? Oh, I had, I had four target bucks. Okay. And, uh, uh, I wanted one of those four. It didn't matter which one, like, like I was going to be happy with any of them. Obviously, some some were bigger than others, um, uh, and and this is just me guessing, just by looking at trail camera pictures, that they were anywhere from uh, one thirty to to maybe the tail end of one forties. Um, I don't think any were bigger than that. Um, I do have uh, a deer bigger than that last year on that property. Um, that I I forgot a camera that I stuck out during uh, uh, late season last year just to see what because I'd never hunted this property for deer ever. Um, this is uh, this is my girlfriend's uh, property uh, or her our family property that oh, uh, nobody yeah yeah uh, that nobody uh, uh, was hunting and uh, you know my first thought was you know this let me check see what this is like for the velvet hunt next year. And, and, uh, so going back to your question, I was going to be happy with any of those four deer, if any of them would have come out. And, uh, my thought was, you know, we're, we're, we're shooting, we're filming here, you know, for tethered and, and we want to get, it's kind of like a, uh, like you kind of said, kind of get people jacked up for the, the, the deer upcoming deer season, because most deer seasons haven't started at this point when we were filming this in August. And, uh, I was hoping for, uh, in a perfect world, you know, us getting some cool footage and, and having a lot of other deer come out and we get to film them. And, uh, and then at the end of the day, at some point, hopefully, um, I get to stick one and, and we watch him fall and you, you, you see me being the hero walking up to this deer and, 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 and all this stuff. And then, it didn't happen that way, but it, it, it kind of told a story. It took a different route. Um, it had, ends up with a happy in, ending, 
uh, for me, some people may look at that differently, but I'm not concerned with anybody else's thoughts, but mine, I'm happy. Uh, and, uh, it is what it is. Well, you couldn't ask for better weather. I don't think. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> hurricane Laura, and it, you know, there's so many things I guess we could talk about in this hunt, like controversies and, and, and you hear them talked about a lot or discussed whether they're in forums or podcasts and do you hunt during the rain, before the rain, after the rain, like so many questions. And um, is this ethical? Is that ethical? And uh, first off, let me say this. So um, this is the velvet hunt. You know, I'm not going to do anything. I don't look at myself at all as an unethical hunter. If I don't have a good shot on, a, on an animal, I'm not going to take a wild shot. I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give um, honor to that animal the best way I can, and uh, with with my background. And here's the thing, and this isn't in an arrogant way. This is more luck than anything. I've always watched deer, whether I'm shooting with a bow or a rifle. I've watched the deer fall in eyesight and die, or I heard it go right into a wood line or on the other side of a tree and crash and die. I've never had a deer uh, run off and I've had to do a big time track job or I couldn't find a deer. I've never had that. So in my mind, like, you know, I'm bad at a lot of things. There's so many things I'm bad at, but I'm very confident in my, my shooting skills with a bow. I, I just, I am based on, again, because I've never lost one. Um, I've missed a couple, sure especially early on, but, uh, going in and, uh, it, it had rained all morning and we get in there about two 30 and, uh, get, I, uh, I had to do, uh, we were in two trees that were literally, we could reach out and give each other a high five in. And, uh, I set up both of them. Uh, the cameraman, uh, John Gibbs, uh, the tethered hired, does a heck of a job, but he's new to uh, the saddle hunting area and he's actually not a hunter. So I, I, I go in and set up two trees, put two platforms up there. And right, right before we get to the base of the trees for the first time, the bottom drops out from the hurricane Laura rains. And uh, all I was thinking about, and I talked to him about it, it was like, you know, when this rain stops, we need to be here. Like, so that's why we got there as early as we did. Like I wanted it, you know, with these storm fronts or, or what these movements coming through, if you're at home, you're not doing any good. So I'm, I was going to suck it up and, and hunt in the rain um, or hopefully when the rain stopped. And that's what happened. Um, we're, let's see, 2.30, I said, is when we were we were there. Um, 15, 20 seconds before that shot I took was around 5.30ish in the afternoon. And I was literally showing John on uh, my phone pictures of where that deer has been coming out. And we're talking about, you know, hey, he's been coming out here in about an hour. And literally my phone's in my hand. I'm showing that he just happens to look up and says, big buck. And he was coming out of 
the wood line in the area that that I'd had him on camera, and it it had been sprinkling a little bit, but it wasn't really raining. His camera was covered up under a um, under a uh, raincoat, and here I am like a big dummy with my phone in hand, and I don't have a bow. And you know, I'm sitting here breaking nervous at this point because. Yeah, it was sprinkling a little bit. My hands were a little slippery. And I'm sitting there, all I can think about is don't drop your phone, don't drop your phone, don't <laughs> drop your phone. And 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 my then I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I gotta put my phone somewhere so I can grab my bow. And um just just so happened, usually I would have just dropped it in my bag. Well, I just got through drinking a water out of a plastic water. Um, bottle and it was sitting on top of my bag so i or right on the inside so i was thinking is if i drop my phone in there it's going to hit that plastic bottle and make that crunch sound and so i grabbed off or I, I remembered i had uh cargo pockets on my pants stuffed it in the cargo pocket grabbed my bow he's in you know getting his camera at that time and the the deer had come out of the wood line at about 30 yards and it wasn't running or anything like that. It was just, it never stopped. It just kept walking. And I grabbed my bow and I draw back when he was about 15, 16 yards and end up shooting him somewhere in there, 14, 15, 16 yards uh, on a quartering away shot. And, you know, you guys, I guess, saw the video of it. And he runs off what looks like straight through the corn. What was that feeling like in that moment when you saw him run off? Because there was a fair amount of that arrow sticking out. So I have a lighted knock on there. So obviously you can see that with the naked eye pretty good without, you know, having to go back and look at the the film. I it, I heard the, the, the schwack. Like I knew in, in, my, in my mind I'm replaying it without seeing the footage and thinking that the sound was sounded really good. And um, – I couldn't tell at the time in lifetime how much the arrow was sticking out. Um, I knew it was sticking out, but I've had that happen. Like I've shot deer before where uh, I've hit opposite shoulder or something and, 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 you know, the deer dies right there. But uh, so I'm, you know, you know how it is. I was kind of a mess after that. I'm shaking uh john the cameraman this was his he's filmed a lot of things but this was his first actual hunt um uh where there's a kill involved and his knees were knocking probably more than mine was at the time he, he was just <laughs> yeah he was so excited um and uh i'm excited and he's got the camera on me and he's so pumped and he's wanting me to talk. And I'm like, bro, just give me a second. Yeah. Let me, let me compose myself for just a second. I just, and then, uh, I, I talk after that just for a second. And then we go back and look at the footage and, uh, it, it you know, just through his, his camera and like, man, it looks good. It sounds good. You know, I told him, I was like, typically I would sit this one out for a couple hours. Um, but rains are expected to come back in. 
and uh, I don't want to lose a blood trail. And uh, so we get down after about 15 minutes and go and see where the point of impact was. And you can see his, his hoof marks where, you know, they're deep, where he's taken off running. Um, and we were trying to follow those because we don't see any blood at all. And the, the portion of the video, I don't know if you can see the whole cornfields, except when he has his drone footage out, like the, the cornfields are so vast, like where they're at, uh, they're just right next to a, a river. And I'm just, I'm kind of worried that he's went and died in this corn somewhere. And it's so, you know, kind of thick in there. I'm just like, man, without blood, it's like, I almost felt like I was, it was a needle in the haystack type of situation, but especially when there's other deer tracks in there too. And I'm trying to follow this one particular buck track, but there's other bucks coming in there too. And after it's been sprinkling, kind of, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any background on doing any kind of uh, trailing really, just because I've never had to. I mean, that's just been my experience. And I, I, again, I know it's luck. I've been lucky, but now I'm sitting here having to try and find this deer based on tracks because there's no blood and, and we're sloshing around and we just feel like he's in the corn somewhere dead and we're, we're grid searching the corn and, and can't find anything. And it gets to be, I don't know, sometime after night between nine and 10 o'clock that night, it's dark. And, uh, I was like, you know, that, that knock will be lit up. We should be able to see it and we can't find it. And I was like, you know, um, let's try and get a dog. Let's try and get a dog. And it, and it had rained uh at that point but it was nothing hard it was still more just around the sprinkle which was just a little bit more than that so we decided to back out try and call a dog in and uh we made a point to not walk when we came in to that setup that day we were not going to walk the edge of the field in case deer were coming out and didn't get our scent there so we tried to go in at one point and it was just so thick so we moved down about 50 to 100 yards and went in there and, and walked straight to the through the corn but on the way out we're going to take the easy way out so we were going to walk the edge so we go about uh 60 yards uh from the point of of the, the impact of the shot and i can see my uh arrow lit up and i take off running because you know it's 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 flat out dark out there and I'm just thinking that my, that's my deer because the arrow's there. Because the last thing I saw was the arrow was sticking in him as he ran off. So I get to the arrow. There's no deer. But the arrow is, um, it looks like, based on the way the deer ran out, ran into um, the, the wood line that goes up a ridge. And the arrow... Um, it, it, about 60% of it is covered in, in good-looking blood. Um, and, and, you know, people uh, people shoot what they shoot or have their own opinions and stuff. I am shooting a NAP kill zone. Yes, it is a mechanical broadhead. I've shot them for years, and like I said, I've never had an issue. Um, I did... Uh, uh, want to look into uh, heavier arrow setups, 
um, I had elbow surgery in March. And with that being said, I'm a perfectionist and I'm going to practice with stuff and I'm going to uh, feel confident in whatever I'm using, you know, again, for me and for the animal. And so I had that elbow surgery. I didn't get to start shooting to the end of July. And at that point in time, um, I didn't feel like I had enough time to get it where I wanted to get it. So I didn't bother with it. I figured, Hey, you know, I, I would look at doing potentially heavier stuff after this season when I had time in the spring and, 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 and late uh, winter to, to play with it. Cause I'm, I'm not going to just do it for a few days and then say, Oh, I'm good. Like I'm, that, that's just not my personality. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a couple months. And I didn't have that. So I wasn't going to change things based on, you know, I didn't get to, like I said, when I, when I first drew an arrow or my bow back in July, I was only doing it at 50 pounds because of, of, uh, my doctor didn't want me to pull that weight. I could pull the tendons back out of my elbow. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. So I've, I've had some complaint uh, complaints about, uh, the broadhead I use or the, uh, I don't, I'm not shooting an adult arrow and, uh, I've learned new nicknames that I've never heard of. I'm shooting Twizzlers and whatever that is. And, uh, other, other, uh, names. And the thing is this, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. You know, everybody has their opinion and, and, and they're free to voice that. But, uh, so, you know, in the video, when you see that arrow and I mean, regardless at this point, the deer, the deer was dead and recovered. Um, not, not to where I got the meat though. So anyway, um, we backed out and tried to call a dog in and they couldn't, couldn't get one that night. But he said, come first thing in the morning. Well, overnight it rained really hard. And at this point I'd still found no blood. Um, so, uh, except for on the arrow. And, uh, so the next morning we get out there with the, the dog handler, great guy, great guy. He was, he was local and, uh, he came out with his dog and he got on some blood uh, right around where we found that arrow where that, that deer had entered the woods and, um, dog just couldn't get on it. Um, and, uh, that was seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. I, I we searched till three. The dog left after a couple hours, but we searched till three. It's hot and tired. Rain rains were done, and uh, I just kept replaying the video. And the the tethered guys were trying to help. You know, they're looking at. We're just trying to figure out all these things and uh, trying to look at different things on Onyx. And so, I just really felt in my heart the deer was dead. So Sunday morning. Um, uh, me, uh, some guys, you guys that are local, you might be familiar with the hunting SOBs. Uh, and then a friend, another friend, uh, saddle hunter, John Malig, and then my girlfriend, Rebecca, uh, we went back out there and, uh, in my head, I kept thinking, and one thing I left out of the story, when we were walking out that night, I heard coyotes mm. in a certain area, in a certain area. And, and, uh, are they particularly you know, not bad a, where you are? Yes, yes. And but it's not uncommon to hear them on a nightly basis there. But I, I but Sunday I was trying to, you know, the last two days I never lost a deer and all I'm I'm it's, it's, I'm sick of it, right? I, I am. I'm, I'm sick. I feel like there's a dead deer out there. I really in my heart felt there's a dead deer out there. And uh, so I had a little 
time to compose myself, I guess, Saturday evening. Uh, uh, John Gibbs, after we got back to the house, he had to go back. Uh, he's down in Georgia, so he had to leave. And uh, so I had some time to think and kind of plot my next course of action. So when we got out there Sunday, everybody kind of took, you know, went their own direction as far as like in a grid area. Well, I went straight up the ridge. And on the backside of that ridge, I'd looked down there, but I did not go down there. I kept thinking he was going to this bedding area, uh, but he, he was, he didn't. So anyway, there's a creek that's very, very small at the bottom of, uh, of the other side of the ridge. So I walked down there and decided, you know, if I follow this creek downhill, you know, if this, if, if I, if I got lungs on this deer, as long as he's burning, he might want water. And then after running uphill, like he did, he, he ran uphill. He's probably going to go back downhill and it's not like a steep grade. It's just a low grade. And, uh, then it hit me, hey, that's where I heard the coyotes. And so I get to the creek, and I walk about 10 yards, and I hear flapping of wings. And I look up, and there's a big bird. I didn't know what it was that just flew off. I walk about five more steps, and then I see two more birds fly off, and I, I see that these are vultures. I just take off running because I know it's the deer. And as I, as I start running, I get a whiff of this awful smell that felt really good to smell actually because i knew what it was too and i found uh the velvet buck nothing uh, just his hide and, and straight up bones um the velvet is 99 percent intact and good i the worst thing about it is obviously there's no meat i hate that very much so and I've even been caught out because I said, I'm stoked I found my deer. Well, yeah, I'm stoked I found my deer because, you know, I've got the deer. It, was all for, it wasn't all for nothing type of thing, and, and it's a feel-good thing for me. And uh, uh, I do have uh, the velvet um, horns to go with it. And um, it was just a really happy moment for me. I was by myself, and I just started screaming at the top of my lungs so everybody would hear me. <laughs> and uh, people, people, people come running in, and I can hear them screaming like out of excitement for me, and uh, just a really, really good feel good moment. Well, so how far did he run? So, from the shot from where he was hit and where I found my arrow, that was about sixty yards, and he went. When I say there's a ridge, it's like it's really steep. He went straight up this ridge. And back down the backside. So, all total, it looks to be about 140 yards. Um, but some of that may be due to being dragged by the coyotes. Because sure. later on, on the way out, I found I found some internal organs that uh, that uh, been been pulled out of him about 25 or 30 yards uh, away from actually about the area that I, I came down the the ridge to the creek so my takeaways from this are one nature's cruel and sometimes things don't die easily you know like i mean i've i've seen animals that have have suffered as different predators have fought over them if that deer died if you found that that body within 140 yards where you shot it you did your job you know that that deer died a quick death um 
and I think it's awesome that you that you recovered, you know, that you were able to recover the antlers. I mean, yeah, the meat went to waste, and you probably didn't want that, but it sounds like you did your job, dude. I mean, I, I well, think it's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I knew, like, Walter, I knew in my heart that that deer was dead. Yeah. I just did based on what I saw on video, what I heard, and, uh, I mean, I've got still pictures. I don't know if I sent them to you of – the biggest mule kick I've ever seen in my life uh, after he got shot that there's just, you know, a lot of people call it the death kick. And it just, I just had so many things tell me that deer was dead. And if I didn't find it Sunday, my gosh, I was going to go back up there Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, you know, I I, 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 I did not have, there's nothing in my mind that said, I've got to quit looking for this deer. Um, now I'd worked my tail off to, to look for it for, you know, Friday night and most of the day Saturday. And, you know, here in the South, as you know, it's, it's pretty, ha- pretty daggum hot in August, especially when that humidity's up and after them rains. Sure. And I had to take, take some time off and then go back out, but there was no question. I was going to keep looking for that deer till I found evidence that he was either alive or dead one right. or the other. So I didn't, I, I didn't have it in my mind to even hunt Saturday or Sunday. I was going to find my deer that I knew I had killed. Well, I mean, right. I, I think your setup was probably fine. Chase, last year, you, you had trouble tracking several deer that you got solid hits on, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, I ended up finding them right. uh, all within like a couple of hours. I had some help, but I've also had experience tracking deer <laughs> and things of that nature where sounds like Adrian – didn't really have that experience because sure. it sounds like luck has been on his side to where, and my friends kind of make fun of me too, because even when I shoot deer, it almost seems like they always die by like a road or like easy access where I only got to drag them 30, 40 yards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, but if you don't have any experience with that and I've got even got experience and even on one of my deer, a shot we waited a few hours and in florida like i said it heats up it gets hot so it was pushing like 90 degrees when we start looking for one of those uh deer and me and my buddy and we're finding like little droplets of blood and and stuff and uh just being in the heat for a couple of hours and it's your deer so you're still you're like real nervous amped up like hoping to find all this blood and then i had some other buddies that were out there and i called them i'm like hey can you guys come help us look and they get there, a fresh set of eyes, and boom, they're they're finding blood, like, almost right off the bat on the which way I thought that the deer had run. They're like, oh, there's blood, there's blood, there's blood. And we ended up finding the deer pretty quick after that. But it's just a matter of usually when you shoot it and there is a little bit of doubt there, then your things kind of seem like they kind of go haywire a little bit. And it's always good to get, like, a fresh <laughs> set of eyes or somebody else in there to be like, oh, yeah, because they're, they're not nervous about it. Um, and, and they want to help you. So, right. Uh, right. And, and that's the thing too. Like a, a part of it was, uh, the, the, the arrow best we can tell went in and hit the opposite shoulder. And, uh, as he ran, like, I've got some stills of the arrow that you can see goes in like at the full extent of contact where it hits the opposite shoulder that that arrow is in pretty deep, like definitely three quarters of the arrow is in. But, you know, it's hard to see that in live uh, action because as he's running off, it's working its way back out. And it looks like um, it, it might be even flopping a little bit at one point. But he ran 60 yards with it in. But my point being is 
you know, that, 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 the hole that was made has, is, is still got, is being blocked. So there's not, that's why there was no blood and we didn't find any blood till the arrow actually came out. And then there was like, um, monstrous, I mean, like, dude, that, that pile of like foamy stuff was nuts, dude. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, sprayed as just as he entered the woods. But after that, we couldn't find any more. And I, and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe it was overlooked. Uh, maybe some of it was washed off with the rain, but I'll tell you the, the, the blood that, uh, we saw was after the rain. So that wasn't all washed off. And, you know, um, it was, it was very much still there the next day. I just didn't see it that night. It was dark and, um, I, I just, an error on my part for sure. Um, but even if I did see it, I already knew that the deer had went in the wood line based on the arrow and the way uh, I found a couple of tracks right there at the beginning of the wood line up the ridge. But, uh, after that, I didn't find any more blood. So, um, you know, I've, I've helped other people track and, uh, even the deer I've killed in the past, I've watched fall, or like I said, I've heard fall. I, I just to help myself. Cause I was still always trying to learn and better myself. I went and tried to follow blood trails. I can remember, uh, two years ago, I, I shot one during the rut, uh, and I, I was hunting with Catman, and he uh, he's probably about 200 yards away, and um, I was st- I watched the deer. I could see his belly. It was about 40 yards away, and I was trying to pack up my saddle gear and get all my stuff out of the tree, and Catman comes walking at the base of the tree, and uh, I get down, and I'm trying to follow the blood trail. He's like, what are you doing? Your deer's right there. <laughs> and he's fussing at me. I'm like, I want to see what this blood trail did, you know, and just trying to, as if the deer was not there to see if I could track it, even though I, I knew where the deer was at. So, um, anyway, hopefully, uh, you know, it was a learning experience too. You know, I, I've never experienced it. it. It's pretty scary, but uh, luckily for me, it had a happy ending. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I watched, watched the, the, the video, video and, and I mean, I, mean, I, I knew, knew what, had, what happened had happened before, before that, that, but even, even when, when I, I saw, saw the shot, shot like, if I, I had, had not known what had happened, happened I, was I was still like, that's, that's a dead deer. deer. Like, like, that deer's, deer's not, not going, going very far. far. He's, He's dead. dead. Like, like where, where I mean, the shot placement and everything was perfect. perfect. I mean, at least, at least that's what it looked, looked like from, from the YouTube, YouTube video. video. So, so in my yeah, mind, it was, it was a dead, dead deer. deer. Like, like you said, you like you had that gut feeling like, that deer is dead. I know it's dead somewhere. I just can't find it. And that was a tough thing because, you know, I didn't put my hands on a deer with me. So it was, I couldn't see exactly where the shot was after the fact, like looking at the video, I had a, the, the angle of the shot. I, I think definitely helped. Um, I, I'm critiquing myself. So I'm thinking it might be a touch high or a touch forward maybe, but you know, it's hard to tell. Like I've seen pictures of, of deer that look huge. And then when you see them in real life, you're like, ah, eh, it's not as big as I thought. So even in video, um, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but based on the way the, the I'm going based mostly up the way the deer reacted, the, the sound of the shot when it entered its, its body and then that mule kick and the run, like I just, I knew, I knew he was dead. And like you'd mentioned earlier, I've got some buddies that I, that they, they self film and where they've, shot a really nice deer and they put what I would consider a money shot all day long. 
can't find the deer and then a week later to two weeks later it's back on trail camera it's amazing it's amazing that they these deer um can live what they live through yeah yeah and then like you go on the other end of the table where you see somebody and then you see the uh shot or where the arrow entered the deer at and you're like how did that deer die like how did they find that deer so fast because the shot looks horrible um uh, just just from viewing a picture of it you're like whoa that's way back or or that's whatever and it could have just it clipped an artery or whatever and the deer dies super fast i mean Mm -hmm. so there's all kinds of instances where weird things can happen where a bad shot can turn into a a a no tracking job and or a great shot can turn into uh like you mentioned the deer's back on trail camera uh, a week later well it's crazy i mean go ahead walter well, I mean, the the deer I shot last year, there were periods of where, you know, it was it was like the quintessential double lung shot. I mean, it's just a perfect shot. And there are periods where you couldn't find blood if you tried. There were other periods where there was a lot, but it was always surprising to me. It was like, how how could I go 15, 20 yards and not find any blood? And then it just, it would be painted. Whereas I, I got shot a, a yearling one time, and that joker collapsed within 30 yards, and it looked like you had sprayed the ground with, with, with just buckets of, of, of blood. I mean, some of this is just varied, dude. I mean, it's just weird sometimes how it I plays think, out. I think it comes down to, and, and uh, Chase said it, that I think you're hitting some, – at some point, uh, you're hitting a, a major artery. You know, yeah. I, I can't sit here and, and, and dissect all the parts of the deer – um, but, uh, like I know someone who's recently, uh, killed a, a nice buck, uh, in velvet and doesn't go as planned and hits him way back, like toward the rear end of the deer. And then the deer dies and, and, uh, it's, it's gotta be hitting an artery of some, mm-hmm. some sort. And like you said, it's amazing that you see the money shot and then, a few weeks later, that deer is walking around on, on trail camera. It's it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it really is, man. I'm I'm sorry it played out the way it is, but I am glad you found the deer, and it does provide you with a degree of of, of closure that you may not have gotten otherwise. You know, I mean, you you know how that 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 played out for that animal, and. You know, I, that's still a hell of a start to the season, dude. I mean, there are hunters sitting all over the country right now who would would uh, kill to have a deer of that magnitude uh, in velvet. I mean, good God, dude. That's like a double pipe dream for a lot of people. Yeah, I, again, it, it was my first, and uh, it was, you know, I thought about it a lot. You know, us as hunters, we're lying to ourselves if we we don't sit there and you know daydream about certain situations happening or certain bucks uh, coming in uh, to your path and, and having that opportunity and you know um, we joked a little bit earlier today that you know it couldn't have been a better setup for me. I mean, I I, I did my homework, but you know what? I did my homework last year too, and it didn't work out. Like the the deer that I had last year coming in it was a morning situation uh, that was coming in at six 30 every morning. The day I'm there doesn't come. And it was an everyday thing for that one. So, you know, there's no telling what, what uh, these deer are going to do, but your early season gives you the best chance. And, uh, and um, it, it worked out and uh, that he came in and gave me the opportunity. 
Um, so again, the, the, the patterning of these deer uh, early season just gives you the best opportunity uh, that the, the you can even have a target buck. You know, so many guys are after a certain buck or a target buck. If you can find him early season and know that pattern, uh, that's just going to be your best chance to, to do it. Um, like when I went to Atlanta uh, a couple weeks ago or for the Georgia opener, um, you know, they, they don't have the, the – you were there uh, at, down in southern Georgia, I guess, or was it north Georgia? Um, but uh, the I felt really good about my chances of maybe coming across another, another good deer or, or at least a shooter deer of sorts and because uh, it, it was opening day and nobody had been in there. And I didn't see a deer that whole trip except for when I was driving one morning right before I got to where I was going. But I sat uh, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning did not see a single deer. I was in three different location, locations each time, but uh, I mean, that's just how it goes. Right. Well, Adrian, in, in the preparation for this, and like you mentioned that you had set up some uh, kind of some preset stuff for your saddles, uh, did you have any like plan B, like if the wind was all wrong or anything like that? Well, I didn't actually have preset stuff for saddles. Like when I, I maybe I, I worded wrong. I was preset with my cameras, like and, and I had uh, uh, some some locations picked out okay. uh, based on the wind. So so this was again, it goes down to a, a I couldn't have asked for a better uh, situation. I had some other. Uh, places um, picked out to hunt there if this if the wind was not going to be good at this spot this was my number one spot I wanted to be at and I knew um, uh, Friday and Saturday the wind was going to be good for it based on the forecast and what I was seeing and then Sunday if we got to that point it was going to be iffy Um, so um, yes there was a couple other locations um, but this was again my first choice and it just worked out that way uh for me to go in and uh and get set up and not not be winded by that deer okay yeah i was just wondering um because earlier i was thinking that you had already put like some predators in and uh, everything was set up for you guys just to walk right into that location but it sounds like it wasn't the case it was more like you had trees already picked out for each instance I had, I had that, and that was the extent of, of it. So when I was uh, setting up the, the cell cameras in the first place, you know, I was putting them, some of the spots were based on, uh, like I was getting these deer coming out to the cornfield is what I was doing uh, uh, in, in the evenings. And so I'd set up trail cameras based on sign I saw uh, of deer coming out to the cornfields. And uh, from there, I made one more trip and adjusted uh, my cameras a little bit and looked for, okay, um, this is where I'm going to hunt based on this wind direction. I did not want to booger these deer up that I had on camera. So I did not even go to, to cut down limbs or set anything up. I was literally in there twice and probably two or even three months because actually before I had the cell cameras up, uh, I had, uh, some older cameras up 
that, that were non-cell cameras. So uh, I just I just really felt to give myself the best chance, I just didn't need that to be in there at all. Okay. What was this a small, medium, large size property that you were on? Um, it was 450 acres of property, but I was only on maybe a quarter if that of the property. I literally uh, parked, uh, walked down an old logging road to a cornfield and had to cross the one cornfield to get to another cornfield. Um, and I, I, I never had to reach the interior of the property at all. I just felt like um, with the river on, on one side of the cornfields and the, and the timber and the ridges. So my homework had told me I'd found some uh, uh, buck beds on the top of the ridge looking over the cornfield uh, in the summertime back in June. And uh, I felt like, uh, you know, that's where these deer were coming from. Obviously, I don't know that that's the particular buck I shot. I don't know if that was his spot. Like there was there was four beds up there that were rather big and they were on a point where they could look out and then the wind, the, the, the predominant wind would come up from behind them. And uh, so that's why I really put a camera in that location to begin with, because that was the corner of the cornfield and that the, the bedding was probably um, 150 yards away. And that's why I kept looking in the bedding area for my buck. Cause that's where I thought he probably ran off to, but he actually, when he went up the hill, instead of taking a right at the top of the hill, he went down the backside and went back to his left. I mean, that's a hell of a start to the season, dude. I'm proud of you, man. That's uh, you, you ended last year with that killer buck and you kicked off this year. What is Where are you headed from here? Like, is it, is it all going to be up, up, uphill or are you going to just start smashing spikes to kind of create an equilibrium in the universe? I can't do that. That's, I'll say those for Parker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <wow>. um, <laughs> I love Parker. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't do that. Like I said, I got to be happy with it. I wouldn't be happy with it. Now I don't judge you if you do it, if you want to do it and that makes you happy. I'm happy. For, I'm happy for you. I'm going to celebrate with you. Well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to join in that celebration. But, um, no, um, again, I don't know numbers. If it looks like a big deer, I want to shoot that big deer. That's kind of how I feel. Um, I'll, I'll be happy to take some does out as well. But uh, um, coming weekend, probably won't be out Saturday unless I go uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, my daughter has her last um, travel softball tournament of the, the, the year, um, which I love her and I love softball, but I'm kind of glad because, you know, it's hunting season. So um, I'll be at softball early morning, eight o'clock on Saturday, and I hope they do well and win the whole thing. But uh, if I can get out and go hunt after that, that'd be great. If not, uh, I plan on going to church Sunday morning and then heading out right after that. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Well, tell everybody where they can uh, where they can see this video. Um, if you go to the YouTube, uh, the YouTube, the Tethered YouTube channel, uh, it's, I don't remember the title of the video, but Tennessee Velvet Buck, and uh, uh, 
what's funny, the picture I think they have on that is is the picture from me on Saturday. I was so confident that I was going to find that deer. I'm carrying a, a cart uh, to carry my deer out on. And uh, I was kind of mad. Well, uh, I take that back. I was really mad that I had to drag that cart out of there and drag it right back with nothing on it. Um, so that's that's the picture of that. And uh, Aaron Warbritton, he always uh, says it's bad juju to carry your cart in without actually seeing the deer. And uh, I, I, I probably, you know, need to listen to that dude quite a bit more. So I'm going to start asking myself if Aaron would Aaron do this. And if he wouldn't, I'm not going to do it. You know, there's some truth to that. And here's why I have found that when I don't take my little cart for the back of my truck, you know, the little tailgate hitch, whatever I can put the deer on. The one time I didn't take that, I shot that doe last year. And I got to thinking about it. I had to call my wife and have her bring that thing out so that I could uh, load the deer up on the back of it. So this year, I am just, I'm not taking i am not taking any retrieval stuff. If I need to, I'll have my wife uh, meet me out there with it because I, uh, I think I'm jinxing myself. Well, during, during deer season, I usually leave a cart in the back of my truck, I, like, like every day. I just don't ever take it out. Um just in case um i want to change that too like i haven't done this but i want to get into where i'm i'm uh packing the deer out in the backpack after i've cut them up Mm -hmm. um and i've never done that you know i'm kind of like i'm kind of like chase you know i've been pretty fortunate when when the deer i've killed even on public land it's just a short haul but uh some of these locations i do hunt in um, I've passed up some does because I'm like, I don't want to take her out of here. If I'm hunting this far back, I'm shooting the big daddy and, uh, the big daddies haven't ever shown up. So, <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate you taking time out your evening. I know you're going from here. You're running to a, a softball double header and, uh, it's always a blast talking with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it again. Yeah, man. I, I, I love talking to you guys, picking on, on Walter, especially, um, you know, I, I, I do it. That's a fan a favorite. I do it. I do it in a good natured way. Part of it is because I feel sorry for you living in Chase's shadow most of the time. <laughs> so I try to ease the tension between you guys. I mean, cause <laughs> I thank the world of you and, and whatnot. So I, I try to keep, keep things lively, but, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got about an hour before my youngest has a double header tonight. And, uh, I was glad to, to spend some time this afternoon joking around. And I mean, I'm, it's not, it's, it's not like I'm a, a long winded talker either. Wink, wink. I know I am. I know I am. It's okay. I can own it. When you get me talking deer hunting, I won't shut up. Hey, we tell all of our guests it is always better to have a guest that talks a lot because when I'm editing it, it's real easy. <laughs> all right, Bubba. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Hang out, hang on one second, and I'll close this thing out. Guys, I am jonesing to get into the outdoors. This season has been a blast thus far talking to people who've got it done early sharing those stories but i'm ready for chasing tales to start making their own stories so until next time until that point which we're sharing that story with you get outside and enjoy the great outdoors